got that sport, we got that joke, we got that. And we just getting started, so don't turn me down, stop that. From LA all the way to the A. Maddie and Cohen got so many things to say. Switching up the topic quick as I switch up the flow. So make sure you pay attention. Okay, ready, here we go. It's the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate, Daily Degenerate. Whoop, whoop, welcome to the Daily Degenerate. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Daily Degenerate Podcast. My name is Cohen Hughes. I am your host. We have a very, very, very special episode for you today. Episode number 100, the big one, double zero, the fantasy football preparation episode. An extra special, fantastic guest for you today. His name is Harrison Coburn. Harrison, we've met you before. Tell us about yourself again. Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for having me again, Cohen. Uh, the OG degenerates probably remember me. I, I've been on a couple episodes. You now. were on like number twelve or something. You were you were one of the teen or eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You were one of the teens episodes, I think. Yeah. So it's a huge honor to be on this milestone episode today with you, Cohen. Uh, yeah. But for those who don't remember me, uh, my name is Harrison Coburn, and uh, I run a Atlanta sports website. So. Uh, for any of you who are Atlanta sports fans, or maybe uh, your team is playing the Falcons next week, you know, go check out Sports Talk ATL. Uh, we're on Twitter. We have a podcast. Uh, we're on Bleacher Report. Uh, we have a store. So uh, go check us out. Uh, we're a little bit different from most sports sites. Uh, you know, we we built more so a brand than just a website. And what I do really like about y'all's page, um, in specific, is even though I'm sort of part of the younger generation that's kind of gravitated away from Facebook, I still use Facebook a lot to kind of run some groups and kind of keep in contact. But you guys write really good articles, and you guys, honestly, I know that it's you, Chase, and y'all's friend. Yeah. So the podcast, it's me. Uh, Chase and then Jake. Uh, we're kind of the three guys who have been uh, really keeping up with it over the years. Uh, Chase and I co-founded it back when we were in college, uh, our freshman year. It was like the Hawks season where they won like 60 games, and we were like, "This is lit!" Like, let's like Atlanta media sucks, so like let's go cover it. They do. Uh, so now we're I think we're four or five years in. Now we have you know press passes to go cover the Hawks, interview the Hawks. You've interviewed Trey Young five six. Seven separate times, you know, like yeah, I've talked to Trey, I've talked to John. So we really, it's it's built from the ground. We're young, we're fun. Uh, the podcast, you know, uh, we may not get as raunchy as here, but it's definitely not, you know, like we just straight up rip players. Like we we keep it real there. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for like real sports coverage, like I know like Barstool Sports is huge. Like I wouldn't say we're like that far down the spectrum. But, but Barstool like, doesn't do sports now so much anymore. Like, yeah, they have specialized podcasts, but most of their actual media content is more so entertainment and popular culture now. Right. And I think they do a great job of finding those stories. Mm-hmm. And I actually like that. So, like, I'm not even hating on that. We're just not that. So, yeah. Uh, we, we got in a big fight with the, uh, the esports community this week because uh, we said that esports wasn't a sport. And we had like, so many 15-year-olds like coming at us in the DMs. It was crazy. So uh, we're all about Atlanta sports. Um, one thing that I really do appreciate about you guys, um, me living in Atlanta, I love most Atlanta teams, everybody except for the Hawks, really. And, I mean, I'll still keep up with the Hawks. not like I cheer against the Hawks. I just can't cheer for a team that willingly tanks. Um, 
I like that you guys actually break news on par with the big media outlets and, and that you guys will have a at least a handwritten three-paragraph blurb to go with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our stories, it is stuff that other people have reported, uh, but we try to get that up as soon as possible and, like, actually give you, like, some perspective on it, like, a real take. Like, if they just, like, trade it for some reliever who sucks or something, like, they're not going to be saying that in the press conference and on Twitter. That's what you guys are saying. Oh, that's what we're mm -hmm. saying. Of course. So Mm -hmm. that's what we're about. Like, we, we just keep it real. Uh huh. So um, I know a lot of you are probably wondering where the hell is Matty Goldberg. Uh, Matty Goldberg had a personal—I wouldn't even call it an issue—but a lifestyle choice that he had to make a decision on. He is going to try to become a professional poker player. We wish him all the best. We are still personal friends with him outside of this podcast, but he did not have time to do both. So I and various guests like Harrison, um, Gustavo, who's a regular contributor, my man Penland, Thomas Penland from TP3. We're going to have Brad Meacham on here a lot, my boy Brad Meacham. Um, We're going to have several different community guests and degenerates that we know and love already, and we're going to do more of a community-oriented style of podcasting because I understand listening to me and Matty talk for 99 episodes probably did get boring at some times, and around maybe episode 60, you tuned out and kind of, you know, they're saying the same shit every time. Me and Matty wholeheartedly agree. There was a mutual decision. We sat down. We talked about this. This is what's best for us. This is what's best for you. I'm really excited about the new Daily Degenerate. From now until the NFL season, we will be going once a week. I will not be going twice a week. There's not enough content to. And for listener appreciation, I know car rides are weird and everything. We are going to try to keep every single episode under 40 minutes. My perfect episode time right now would want to be 35 minutes for everything. So we're going to quit with the bullshit, quit with the 80s Allen Page jersey that you got at Goodwill the other day. We're going to go mostly hard-hitting lines. We're going to go betting. We're going to go actual fantasy sports. And this isn't necessarily more of a brand change. This is more of a brand refinement. We're going to pick a niche, do it good, improve at it, work until we can make you guys and more fans happy. So we wish Matty Goldberg the best. We love him. We're still playing fantasy in two leagues with him. You know, like he's not like he's banned or anything. This was not an amicable decision. Everybody's fine. We wish Matty Goldberg the best. And whenever he makes it on the big table in the WSOP, I want to cut of that money. Yeah, I wish uh, Matty the best there. It's a friend of mine as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe he can even – you know, stop in somebody and just I don't think, say hello. I don't think that anybody even knows this. I don't know if we talked about this, but Harrison and his little brother Carson were the ones who actually introduced me to Maddie. They were fans of another podcast called Dirty Sports Podcast, a podcast that I listen to sometimes on occasion, but they've kind of drifted away from sports and gone more politics and pop culture. But Maddie was a regular contributor on that podcast, and then they they loved Maddie, and then they asked Maddie one day if he would play fantasy football with us because we have a really good fantasy football league, hyper competitive, lots of money, you know everything. And Maddie said yes. So that's actually how 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 I met Maddie. So it's actually through Harrison and his little brother Carson. So I mean, these ninety nine previous episodes wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the Coburn brothers. Well, I will say, uh, you know if. You know, give give your feedback to Cohen whether you like me, hate me, because I did just move right down the street. You know, hopefully I can come on a little bit more often since Cohen will be looking for guests. But uh, yeah, I mean, me, Cohen, uh, my brother, Maddie, uh, a bunch of the rest of us, we we play in a very very competitive fantasy league together, and it's like. I mean, it may be more ridiculous than the TV show, The League. I mean, like, I think it is because it's absurd. 
So this is, if you, if you didn't already know, this is the fantasy football prep episode. Fantasy football, the first week is what, four, five, six weeks away, Harrison? Something like that? Some, I think it's about a month or so. so month away? After something like that. So we are going to go ahead and start hitting the streets hard um, with sleepers, with people to stay away from, our personal strategy, people in the gen- degenerate community, what they're thinking about, kind of what's the hot word on the street. So episode 100, it's a special milestone episode, as Harrison said. We're going to do some fantasy football prep. That way we can go ahead and think about it. I know some of you, you some of you crazy idiots have probably already drafted. I'm not with that. I'm with the wait until the last possible day you can draft to see all the injuries at practice and all the preseason games and everything play out. But for those of you that have already drafted, delete that team, pick a new one because you don't have the daily degenerate fantasy football prep in your system yet. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the only league that you should be drafting in, unless you're like an expert who does one every week or whatever yeah. with mm-hmm. other experts, is like a dynasty draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason Cohen has me on this episode today is because he wants to know what I think about all these guys. Yep. He's, he wants to know who I'm going to take going into the season. So. And Harrison's actually the commissioner of our uh, of our league, so maybe I'll get a few brownie points and kind of I'll get him to show his hand a few times to let let me know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, so we we got a lot of players down that we want to talk about today. So uh, Cohen, why don't you just go ahead? I know you've got this all listed out or something. Yes, so I do. Um, because I love the fans and I love you guys and I love fantasy football. I went ahead and started compiling my personal cheat sheet which it's kind of a jv cheat sheet it's you know top five some sleepers here and there a few guys on the bubble a few of the fringe guys that look at him if you if you're at a need and some guys are already off the board um we'll start with quarterback but players harrison let's talk about our league specifically okay um there there comes a point every year when we've been playing for what four years now uh, I think this is going on years. So this league started in my freshman year of college, so that's one, two, three, four, five. We're going on year six of this league. This will be year six. We've already played five years. Yeah. Okay. So this league for 12 weeks out of the year, myself, Harrison, Tanner, Jeremy Burton, um, Chase, who's, who is with Harrison on Sports Talk ATL, his little brother, Harrison's little brother, and then Maddie are not friends. We absolutely hate each other. You can wake up Monday morning, go to school, go to work, go to wherever, and there is a personalized group me message for every person in the group saying, fuck you, I hope your mom dies, I hope your cat gets AIDS, I'm playing you this week, you better get ready for this goddamn cock in your anus, dude. You see what I'm saying? Like We are absolute savages on this stuff, and I hate that word savages, but we are. I, 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 I cannot tell you how many classes I've had to drop because it's been my first class on a Monday, Wednesday morning, and I'm over here just doing fantasy football instead of paying attention in class. So this is one of those things where we don't – it's not one of those $500 buy-in leagues, but we get every single dollar and cent out of the entry fee that we put in because this is like the most concentrated league I think I've ever played in. Yeah, the entertainment value, just in itself, like, people are like, oh, yeah, the money th- that we put into this league is just worth it for the entertainment value. Dude, like, it's worth it for the group me alone. It's not even worth it for the for the other football stuff. It's worth it for the group me alone. Yeah, I mean, I love fantasy football. My goal was to put together the best fantasy football league possible, and, you know, it took a couple of years. You know, you have your people who just suck, and they're not yeah. really about fantasy. I wanted people who were about fantasy, and... The crew that we have now, um, I think we're going to ride this thing out together for a long time. So yes. 
Yes. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics there. Uh, I, I actually love fantasy football so much. Before we get into some of these players, I, I kind of want to talk about a, a couple different formats I'm doing this year. So uh, I'm actually uh, going to be a commissioner of three leagues this year. So wow. we're doing a, the normal redraft. Uh, it's a 12-team PP. We're switching back to two wide receivers this year. We did three last year, which was fun. Um, and then I'm actually, through Yahoo Sports, you can do uh, you know, college fantasy football. So I set up a little Power 5 conference league. Wait, I, so you can only pick guys from the Power 5 conferences? Yeah, because, you know, you have your guys at, like, your, like, whatever small school and whatever, you know, conference mm-hmm. you've never heard of the team. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to focus on players who are, like, actually playing at the highest level, you know. You're not picking. And the player universe just gets too large. I haven't really mm-hmm. done it before. But uh, I have done – I did do a handful of college football uh, daily fantasies I've done those. Mm, same last thing. year. And I was relatively successful with it. I won a little money, so I figured, hey, this would be fun. And then I'm also doing best ball. Uh, so for the those of you who aren't familiar – This is the one you try to talk me into and you successfully did, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay. Best ball is it's a pretty cool new format that's out there. And essentially I think the rosters are about 18 people. And what you want to do is just pick guys, guys who are like boom. Like you want to get guys like they may not be great the whole season, but they may have a few thirty-point games. The ceiling is really high. Well, what how it works basically is it takes I think it's your top seven or eight <coughs> highest scoring players uh, at the end of the day. You don't set your lineup. You don't make in roster moves. You set your line, you draft your team, you leave it there for the whole season, and basically you don't even have head-to-head matchups. You're just scoring just, for a season. They take your top scoring players each week. The math adds up. At the end of the season, whoever has the most points wins. So it's kind of cool. It's like if you just want to have a little side league. Like I think I made the entry for this thing like ten bucks. Yeah, ten you know, bucks just, is what you said. It, it's a little side league. That's just like fun. You know, you pick some handcuff running backs. Uh, if somebody gets hurt, that could win you your league. So can you replace? Song on the Daily Degenerate podcast because you just told me that you are doing. You're the commissioner. Of three separate leagues, and all of them have different formats. Yeah, You're fucking I'm, crazy, man. And I'm playing in another one too. The the commissioner of one, which is as you all know and love, the Daily Degenerate Fantasy Football League. To be honest with you, don't call me lazy. We may have a few spots. We may not. I still have to kind of compile that list. Um, with all the stuff that's been going on lately, I've kind of been busy. But by the next episode, I will have a number of open spots that people can compete for, vie for, apply for, whatever the hell you want to say. And um, last year, uh, we had a lot of f- We hate that Grant Glessing takes all our money every year. Um, we're going to let him play again this year. Because uh, he's the, he, he was the league champion from last year. I know Gustavo is going to play. I have a few buddies from my hometown that hit me up. So we're going to have a big league. More than likely it's going to be 12 people. And um, PPR, which is my favorite format style to play. Um, Harrison, before we get into the players, I know, I know we said that five minutes ago, but let's talk about formats again. Continue on these formats. If you had to pick a favorite format, what would it be? PPR, regular scoring. 
So when I started playing fantasy football, uh, I'm actually still in this league. Uh, I'm kind of deciding this year whether I want to continue on with it or not because you know I'm doing all these other leagues. And you're the commissioner uh, of other leagues too, you know, like right. But I I was in one league. I've been in this league since I was a freshman in high school, and uh, the first four or five years we did standard, uh, and then we switched to PPR. And then my league, I think it was maybe standard for one year, and I made that one PPR. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just think it's better. Mm -hmm. Um, Half PPR, fine. But I I just think the way that, like, things go in fantasy, I do think that a cat should be worth a point. Like, it's a point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I like PPR more, and it adds more dynamic to it in the sense that um, if you're more versatile, you're more valuable, which yes. I think in real football, that's the case. That makes well. 100% so, the case is right. Guys like Tevin Coleman will never go a day without a job because they're good pass-catching backs. Charles Sims, not a great running back at all, but he can pass-catch, so he's useful on some team, some practice squad, somewhere. In real football, if you're more versatile, it's 100% more valuable. Yeah, I mean, look at James White. Yeah. I mean, James White's a guy who – uh, his value is completely elevated if you're talking about yeah. PPR as mm-hmm. opposed to standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at some other guys like a, a Jordan Howard, um, mm-hmm. you know, a guy like that. He's essentially worthless in the PPR because mm-hmm. uh, he won't catch a ball. And we'll see he what won't. happens in uh, Philly. I don't think he, he may not even have that big of a role. So, I, I don't mean, think we so saw the return we, that they got for him because. You know, he was a one-trick pony for them, and mm-hmm. he was pretty good at first. I mean, you know, I think in the right situation, uh, maybe he can be good again. But the Bears have a pretty good offense, and he was not very good last year. Mm-hmm. So, whenever we go, I I agree with you. I'm I'm more of a PPR guy. My man Brad Meacham says the half PPR is, is, is better because, you know, you don't have these ridiculous scores, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with. I just – the number doesn't really – it's arbitrary to me. I, it, everybody needs to have the same, you know, point or half point. But it needs to be worth something. But whenever it comes to roster layout and the actual format of the of the of the roster for the season, are you a fan of the two quarterback or one quarterback? I don't really like the two quarterback. Me neither. I, I've Me done neither. it before. I think it was actually like a super flex league where essentially that spot was gonna get taken by a quarterback to mm-hmm. save points. Yeah, save twenty five um, points for a random guy like Philip Rivers. Yeah, who wouldn't I mean, get picked. It's I kind of understand it because there's so many quarterbacks out there. And they they do get points and like if you do play a two quarterback lead, they're scarce to come by. And um, you can do co- compare and contrast in styles with maybe a Philip Rivers as your QB one and maybe a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen or somebody like that as your QB two. You know, to kind of get both styles of points running yeah. and passing. I like one quarterback leagues too. too because I mean one it just cha- it opens up like the possibility for different strategies. So. Basically, in the draft, you can go get, uh, you know, a ton of stock up on wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends, and just say I'm going to stream quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. you know, this, like statistically, like that's proven to be a formidable strategy. Um, you know, sometimes it's kind of a last resort that ends up working. You just mm-hmm. plug and play. But, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, last resort that ends up working. You also you have to at that point you all, you have to be know what you're doing because, um, you know you you're making a decision every single week and you're not always going to hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a bunch of quarterbacks out there that are safe, you know, that they're going to score mm-hmm. every week. Essentially, your matchup proofs. So yeah. uh, we'll get in. You, do you want to start with quarterbacks or do you? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with quarterbacks. So your personal strategy, I, I don't know about you, I may not pick any of these quarterbacks because I'm a streamer myself. 
um, in a perfect world, if I can have a really good draft with good wide receivers and, and running backs, I'll stream essentially a defense and a starter almost every week. If in a, in a perfect world, if I get everyone that's on my big board and I can afford to stream, I will. But if I get to, you know, round 14 and I'm kind of like, oh, well, I mean, I don't want, I mean, somebody already took my first three options for streams, then maybe I'll go, you know, the quarterback there. But usually I'll, I'll have a new quarterback every week. Yeah, I mean, my advice on the defense, uh, I'll go ahead and cover that real quick, is that uh, I would say for me it's all about looking at the week one matchup and then from there, I basically keep playing matchups until I find a defense that sticks. Mm. I mean, that's how I got the Jaguars when I won one of my championships a couple of years ago. They were out there, picked them up, and then I never ended up dropping them. Uh, so that that's what I kind of do. It, it it seems to kind of fall into place. I mean, yes. there's there's 12 teams out there, so you know, a little bit more than half of them are going to have a pretty good defense, and the rest of them are going to be negative dropping points. one every week. Yeah. So. Mm. So speaking of quarterbacks, um, <clears throat> this is kind of an odd year because Cam Newton's coming off surgery. Um, a lot of guys have lost weapons. A lot of guys have had their teams deteriorate around them. And then in, in the NFL, mostly the rich get richer. Pat Mahomes gets richer. Matt Ryan gets richer. Andrew Luck gets richer. The The quarterbacks who have the good situations, they seem to add weapons. But the guys who with the exception being Derek Carr and Antonio Brown with the Raiders, most of the guys that are kind of on the fringe kind of fall off. Um, my first, this is strictly my opinion, I went and you know cross-referenced a bunch of the other ESPN and CBS Sports and their big boards, and th- these are my quarterbacks in, in order, and we'll stop and kind of give a little note of each one. Number one is Pat Mahomes. I think there will be a regression, of course, but I don't think it'll be big enough to put him put – him, down, you know, I I think that he still has the most weapons, still has the a top three called offense in the NFL. I think that his confidence is enough to, where you can still ride with him in fantasy this year. Yeah, I mean Pat Mahomes, I think he's essentially a lock to finish as a top five quarterback if he stays healthy. Uh, I don't know how many shares I'll have of him this year because you know in your casual league, I feel like there's always that person who's going to try to take a Pat Mahomes coming off a year like that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm that, not, that, that, that's where you get burned. Yeah, I'm not willing to pay that price tag. Me neither. So I probably won't have many Matt Mahomes, Pat Mahomes unless I just like trade for him late <coughs> in the season. Yeah, but, mm, 100%. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, should be the number one quarterback off the board. Um, number two, call me a homer if you want. Um, Matt Ryan. I think that the offense under Steve Sarkeesian, as you heard on this podcast, was fine, very fine, good almost, good even, you know, very good. But with Dirk Cutter coming back, a guy that I didn't necessarily agree with the move, but Matt Ryan's worked with him before. Um, we're going to see more stuff in the air because of the way Dirk Cutter calls his offense in, in general. Dirk Cutter had a great offense in Tampa Bay. That's the only great thing he had. Um, I think Matt Ryan with a really determined Julio Jones, a better Austin Hooper, an even better Calvin Ridley, and they had a great year last year, and then a fortified line. Because the line was not good last year. We The Falcons kind of had the same problem as the Vikings did. We had a decent line on paper, but they played like shit on the field. So with a better line this year, I think Matt Ryan will continue his old-age success and old age, semi-old-age success of 
you know, kind of taking what's there for him, getting air yards, leaning on Julio, and with a familiar face calling offensive plays, and it's more of a conservative style of calling plays, those yards will be there for him more to take. Yeah, I mean, I think things things have definitely fallen more into place for Matt Ryan. You get Devontae Freeman back, another year of experience for Hooper and Ridley. Oh, yeah, I and, forgot that Devontae's back. Yeah, and you know what you're getting from Julio Jones. Yes. Uh, one of the best receivers to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the biggest factor with Matt Ryan, I mean, he was great last year for fantasy. And I think Dirk Cutter coming in, I mean, all that guy likes to do is throw the ball, mm-hmm. so... Uh, I think it's going to just be, he's going to be gunslinging all year long. Um, I, you know, I, the only reason I could see, you know, maybe he finishes lower than last year. I, what, I know he finished very high I last think he finished year. top two, to be honest with you, top yeah. two or three. Uh, that may not happen again, not because the offense won't be better. I just think that now that the Falcons' defense is healthier, uh, he may not have to pass yeah. as mm-hmm. much. But, I mean, Dirk Cutter could easily make that cross itself out and like yes yeah I, I think Matt Ryan I, I don't really know where he's going on draft boards right now I haven't looked at that but um if you can get him you know in the sixth seventh eighth round later than that I mean he's a great pick um and also another tidbit about Matt Ryan I think 13 of the 16 games that he will play this year will be inside of a dome that is the one knock against Matt Ryan he can't play in cold shitty outdoor conditions so all but three of our games will be indoors, and two of those will be against division opponents, one in Carolina, one in Tampa Bay. I like Matt Ryan personally in fantasy this year. I He won't be taken by me because I will not select a quarterback in this draft unless it's super, super late. But if you're the kind of guy who needs the you know 28 points every week from a quarterback, Matt Ryan's number two on my big board. Number three is Deshaun Watson. And this is one that I kind of struggle with, the whole Texans offense as a whole. Love Bill O'Brien, love Deshaun Watson, love DeAndre Hopkins. Their connection's great. Um, I'm not sure their ability to put up volume points and volume yards. Yeah, what scares me about Deshaun Watson is, um, yeah, I really love the talent, and that's coming from an Alabama guy. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, he's you know he's gonna put up points. The only thing that scares me is him behind that offensive line. Yes, the possibility of him getting hurt. hurt. So mm. uh, that's what scares me about him. Uh, if you're gonna have to probably pay a premium for him. He's one of the top QBs going off the board, and uh, you know we I, like we like what's called <clears throat> the upsides and playing both sides of the stat sheet, running the ball and passing the ball. Um, he's also a guy who, quote unquote, in a smart way, puts the team on his back. He will be responsible for 60% of his team's total yards at the end of the year. So. If the Texans' offense is good, it will be because of him. And I like the upside of that. It's a three, but it's a reluctant three. Number four is Andrew Luck, a guy who can only get better behind this really good and growing offensive line. Um, Eric Ebron is back this year again. He had a great year last year. Um, they could do to give him an upgrade at the, at the wide receiver position. Um, I think whenever your second wide receiver is Ryan Grant from Tulane, that's not a very good sign. Get get Andrew Luck some help. Even without it, I think he can he can carry the team. I have him ranked at number four. Yeah, I think adding Devin Funches and Paris Campbell helps a lot. I mean, Paris Campbell is kind of similar to T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Could be the replacement for him down the road. Uh, but I think Devin Funches, even though I'm not I'm not crazy about his talent or anything, mm-hmm. but you know Andrew Luck has proven with Eric Ebron, he just loves big bodies in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. You know, he's a guy I could see maybe getting, like, seven touchdowns, but, like, probably only, like, 700 yards or something. But, I mean, I think, you know, having him on the field will help Andrew Luck a lot. Obviously, the 
The biggest concern is the health. Yes. But if he stays on the field, I mean, he's a lock. I mean, Cohen and I, we play in Elise. Like, since we do PPR, like, we like the high scoring. So we do six touchdown, six point touchdowns for QBs. And Andrew Luck, he's like a lock to get you like 30 points a mm-hmm. game in that type of format. So, yep. um, you know, he's injured right now. He's having, uh, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the injury was. Is it di- because didn't he start throwing too early in the offseason? He, he kind of he, it's not like torn or broken or anything, but it's just sore the shoulder. Isn't that kind of the, the not, situation? I think so. I'll we be could honest, be wrong. I, I haven't really looked at the injury reports, but I will say, I mean, uh, if his value takes a huge hit, like you know, like like it had before, like if you can get this guy at a huge discount, uh, you know, we all know how QBs go in the drafts. They start going a little bit later, so. If he starts falling down the list of QBs, I mean, I would take him and another QB. And, uh, I mean, when he's out there, he puts up points. So, I've been, like, even Cohen, like, he took a dump on me. Like, I I took Andrew Luck, like, the year that he didn't Mm -hmm. end up playing. But he's like, you know what? It it was worth the risk for a guy taking the, like, pick 100, whatever Mm -hmm. it was. It was like, you know what? He didn't play fine. You know, it's at that point in the draft, after, like, the seventh, eighth round, like you're Flyers just anyway. for upside, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I I plan on cutting four of these guys because I know there's going to be four guys during the season that I have to have. So mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I oh I don't want to draft this guy anyway. So uh, it's lottery tickets for me. Lottery tickets, baby. So what about uh, Russell Wilson? He is my number five quarterback on the big board, and it kind of goes into what I was saying with. Playing both sides of the stat sheet, running, passing, putting the team on your back. I think Russell Wilson accounts for more than 60% of his team's total offensive yards and points over the course of a season. And I also like the addition of DK Metcalf. Um, I think Russell Wilson, even though he has to run for his life every single day of the week, he still puts up points. Um, He's not really even like a high interception guy. A few fumbles when he's scrambling in the pocket, but usually he generally takes care of the ball. I, I I like Russell Wilson a lot. He may end up being my fantasy quarterback this year. Yeah, um, yeah, I like Russell Wilson a lot. He's won me a championship before. <coughs> uh, I will say, you know, the Seahawks have kind of shifted towards more of a running first team, uh, so that's going to affect his value a little bit. Yes, it is. Uh, he uh, he's not going to be gun- like a couple of years ago. He was just straight up gunslinging every time for his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is yep. the definition of putting your team, uh, you know, his team on his back. Yep. Um, so Wilson, I like him a lot. Uh, it all depends where he falls, but, uh, you know, I don't think he finishes as a top five quarterback this year. I'll put it to you this way. I think he's a solid second tier starter. If you have him, that's fine. Six know? to 10. Uh, but you know, I, I just don't see the volume for passing this year. And, uh, you know, Doug Baldwin's gone now. Uh, he has Tyler Lockett's probably his best weapon, but he's a guy who, uh, you know, he's going to – regression's going to hit him. Well, well, well yeah, of course. It's, an, it's a natural regression. I think I saw something on the NFL Top 100. Um, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, like whenever Russell targeted Tyler Lockett last year, he did not miss a pass. He was like like 27 or 27 or what, whatever it was. I saw something along those lines that their completion percentage when targeted was 100%. Yeah, I mean, he was the only guy – Can't repeat that. He was the only guy in like the top 24 receivers, I think it may be. Uh, he was able to finish that high with, I think it was only 70 targets. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's, I just don't know that he's a guy who can take, like, over a number one role. I, you know, I think he's a valuable player. Me too. Uh, so, yeah, I think David Moore is a decent little sleeper, just mm-hmm. like a guy who, 
you know, I'm talking like late, late, late. Yeah. But if you're just looking for like safe points at that point, I mean, he may just because he's the only guy really left there be the number one. I mean, maybe we see Metcalf like you know break out. But I, mean, I like we, Metcalf more in the experimental red zone. Yeah, Russell, Russell has raw. to work to, to get him in. You know what I'm saying? He, he's raw. You know, he's an yeah. athlete. I don't know if he's defined yet, runs routes good enough yet to be able to take yeah. over as a number mm-hmm. one in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I like Wilson. Uh, if he falls really far, then, yeah, take him. But, uh, you know, he's I took him kind of early. Maybe it was last year, two years ago. I regretted it. So Salty it taste. Well, let's talk about a guy that I'm not a big fan of this year and that's Cam Newton. Um, is it because of the surgery, or is it because of the direction of the Panthers? Well, it's it's a couple of different things. Well, for one, you know, I don't think Rivera is a bad coach, but I think you know maybe it's time to shake things up in Carolina. Uh, yeah, I know they went to the Super Bowl once, but uh, to me, you know, I just think it's kind of time to shake things up. Uh, they haven't been able to do much. He's been there for what eight to ten years now, or something mm-hmm. like that. I so. think he's the. I think now that um, McCarthy got fired. He's the second tenured coach in the league. Yeah, is either in front of Harbaugh or right behind Harbaugh? I don't know. I I saw something like that though. But the thing the thing that scares me I can't, about Cam Newton is you know they've slowly but surely reduced his rushing attempts throughout yeah. the years. One, mm-hmm. two, he is coming off that injury. You know his shoulder, uh, so that's never good. Especially for three. He's not. He's never been a very accurate passer. So no. you, take, you put those three things into account. I think this is where we're going to see Cam Newton start to kind of decline. Uh, you know, when you're like a mobile quarterback like this, uh, you can only last so long. I mean, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's a little different because you know he's just so like elusive. Like and Russell Cam Wilson, Newton, the can pass. He Cam has Newton, touch. He was a power guy. You know, yeah. he was running people over. Mm-hmm. So he he you know his time his window was only going to be so long. I mean, I'm a Ravens fan. You know, Lamar Jackson, that's a guy who, you know, uh, think whatever you want. But his career, he, he has the potential to be very good, but probably for only seven or eight years. Uh, so, you know, Cam Newton, to me, that's a guy to fade for this season. Um, I would I would be willing to agree in terms of the overall direction of the Panthers. Um, the one Panther that I would take this year is Christian McCaffrey in PPR. Because he's going to be dumping the ball dumping off. Dumping the ball off. Because of the shoulder. The I mm-hmm. mean, he, that's last year McCaffrey caught a million balls. And... I'll put it to you this way. Me, me and Jeremy Kuhn have an argument all the time. I actually used to hate Cam Newton more than I do now because he's done a better job of protecting his body and actually sliding on, on runs and stuff like that. I still don't love his game. But the thing is, Cam Newton in, in, in PPR, like what we do, he's not very conducive to having wide receivers because he doesn't throw the football like a, like a football. He throws the football like a baseball. He throws it so hard, um, lots of like – semi-lateral spin. He does, he doesn't throw a ball like Matt Ryan does. He doesn't throw a ball like hell even like Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson does. He throws it and I I can't tell you how many times I've seen anyone who's not Greg Olson have a ball hit off their chest and hit the ground. It's because Cam Newton goddamn beams the ball in there. He throws it too hard like a dart. Um, I'm fading Cam Newton this year. And the only way you take him is if it's an emergency stream and you need some rushing yards against like a bad defense. Yeah, and don't even think there's like, oh, this is like the Atlanta kid saying it. Dude, honestly, used to, I used to be that way, but honestly, now it's not even that. Well, here's the thing, like, I, you know, I'm an Alabama graduate, and, you know, I actually, you know, even though Cam Newton went to Auburn, I was actually a big fan when he came into the league. I just loved how he played. I loved how he just ran people over. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. I used to call him Slam Newton, like, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. 
ever since I saw him willingly go down at the end of that Super Bowl, it's just all been downhill from him yeah. from there. I mean, he's had some good seasons on paper, but I mean, uh, what you see now, I think this year, Cam Newton, especially in fantasy, man, I, I, I just don't think so. I, I won't be touching him. So um, let's talk a little bit about my man, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, someone that I'm not going to touch, but I'm intrigued about for other people. Um, added a few weapons in the offseason. He's going to get back on the field, maybe play more than six, six games. Um, is he is he worth the QB1 to you? Like like, like, like you have to stream him or you, you pick him up late? Is he, does he crack your top 12? I mean, like I feel like to me, like what I've, where I've seen Jimmy G, people are really fading him, which to me is weird because last year he was the guy that everybody was super high on. He has, like, one bad game and gets hurt, and now everybody's like, oh, let's drop him, like, you know, 60 spots and, you know, ADP, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I think Jimmy G, he has the potential to be pretty good this year. Uh, you know, I, they've added some nice young weapons to the 49ers offense. And I, I do like Shanahan for fantasy purposes. Uh, to me, if I'm going to wait that long to go get a quarterback, like, you know, my first seven or eight picks, I'm going to take position players. Mm. My guy to go grab there is probably going to be like a Jared Goff, just because 75% of QBs uh, that finish, I think it's in the top, or the top 12, yeah. So over like the last 10 years, 75% of the QBs that finish in the top 12 are all on like, top 10 offenses mm -hmm. or some, something yeah. like that. And, and that's just true. You know, Jared Goff, uh, you know, being in that Rams offense, he's just going to be surrounded by points constantly. Uh, so Garoppolo, I mean, I think he can be pretty good. I think he could finish as maybe a low-end top 10 quarterback. And uh, if you want to wait, fine. I think he's a fine option to pick after the 100-pick turn. He'll probably still be there. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just not my top option to go after that late. I mean, there's a lot of guys – um, the last guy, the last quarterback we're actually going to talk about, who's on my bubble, is uh, Baker Mayfield. On one hand, I want to think they added the most weapons. He had a good year last year with 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 half of these weapons, and he's electric. Nice new offensive coordinator become head coach. I'm personally going to stay away from Baker because of when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, the soup gets too salty. If you know what I'm saying. So and I I'm, I don't trust Freddie Kitchens right now, so I'm gonna stay away from Baker Mayfield. I'm I'm gonna cheer for Baker Mayfield as a fan, but in fantasy I'm 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 fading him bad. Yeah, I mean on paper it looks like he'll be in a good situation. Obviously we have to see the product before we jump to conclusions. We're not gonna have that luxury before drafts. Uh, so with Baker Mayfield, it's kind of the same thing I said about Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, he could be pretty good this year. I feel like in your casual league, someone's probably going to take him really early. Yeah, um, especially with the, the hype train that follows the Browns. Like you said, the kid that always will pick Pat Mahomes at, in the third round or will go Tom Brady in the fifth. You know, those those idiot kids. That, yeah, a few of those will pick him. But, um, I mean, like me and you said, we're not picking quarterbacks until round eight. At least, you know, like, and I'm, I'm thinking more 10-12. 13 you know yeah i know you wanted to pick my brain about lamar jackson for fantasy purposes as yes. well being a ravens fan and all uh i think the interesting thing about lamar jackson uh you know he he's probably going to be a boom or bust in year two i think we're going to really find out whether lamar jackson is going to be an nfl quarterback 
because uh, he did make some rookie mistakes. But at the end of the day, you know, he was drafted to be a project. He was supposed to sit out a year, learn. We all knew that that was the best route for him. Uh, he needed to refine his passing. Got thrown out there. The Ravens threw out a makeshift offense where he ran the ball a lot. And, uh, you know, he ended up winning like seven out of eight games and they went to the playoffs. Uh, then he made a ton of rookie mistakes in that Chargers game. But despite that, I mean, he They almost, were in the game. They he, were... Almost, he almost came back and won that game. Then he makes another rookie mistake. So he has to refine his game. I will say, you know, John Harbaugh said to take the over on rushing attempts for Lamar. Uh, I think he may be flexing a little bit. I think he is, too. I, I, I think he is, too. I think he's like, yeah, tongue-in-cheek, that's funny, but I think he's really going to try to get Lamar actually comfortable making consecutive passes in the pocket that are actually planned. Yeah, I mean, I think Lamar, one of the misconceptions about Lamar is that he has a bad arm. Uh, he he can flick it like he when he he was on, a he was a great passing well, quarterback at Louisville. Well, when he's on, like his good throws are fucking yeah, amazing. Yes, but you know he's inconsistent. That's yes. the problem. He overthrows. So as long if he can become you know a league average passer, even slightly below. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, you look at you know the completion percentages for rookies last year. He was actually number two behind uh, Baker. Baker and everybody says like. Oh, well, Lamar, he was just dumping the ball off. Well, his yards per attempt were actually second as well. Uh, so, you know, give the guy a chance. His legs are amazing. I would expect about 10 to 12 rushes a game, which is actually a little bit lower, I'm pretty sure. So my point behind that is I think with the – he still will be running. I think that's going to provide a decent floor. Uh, and then whatever he does with his arm is going to be icing Extra. on top of yep. the cake. So mm-hmm. last year I think he was sitting around, you know, 15 to 20 points a game. I think if he can improve as a passer, he could, you know, be getting a guy who uh, can get you a lot of points. Like they could rack up pretty fast, even if he's only throwing uh, for you know two hundred twenty-five yards. Uh, if he has a couple of touchdowns and he's rushing for seventy, that adds up. So, those I mean, those fringe points from every category of the stat sheet add up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to go out and throw for four thousand yards or anything, no. but he only has to throw so much for. Uh, him to return pretty good value in fantasy, especially where he's going. Uh, so for me, I wouldn't bank on him being like your starting quarterback or anything, but if you like to keep one on your bench, I think you could wait late and like take like a Jared Goff and like a Lamar Jackson stack up on position players and if you're be in pretty good shape. If you're in a Q, if you're in a two QB league, for me, Lamar Jackson will definitely start at my QB too. Like for, just for the rushing yards and for the playing every side of the stat sheet. Yeah, definitely. Uh you know, there's a lot of Lamar haters out there, but I mean, even if you hate on him, you you have to admit he's amazing with the legs, and uh, yeah, they're they're definitely still going to use that. There's no way he's not going to be running the ball. It just maybe a little bit less, but at the very least, that'll keep teams a little bit more honest. And you know, they also added they kind of upgraded at the running back position last year. They had you know kind of a no name Gus Edwards come in in this new system and you know run the ball really well. Now they have Mark Ingram and Justice Ooh. Hill. Who, I mean, Mark Ingram's still a more accomplished running back than Gus Edwards. Oh, of course. But the guy who I think could actually end up taking over for him and could be worth a pick super late in drafts is Justice Hill, a very explosive back. I think him, he could be a great complement to Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, kind of have a three-headed monster there. Mark Ingram, you know, he'll probably start off the season getting more touches. Uh, If Justice Hill can... He's kind of the home run back. If he can take off, then I think Mark Ingram 
you know, he'll be probably pretty useful on the goal line. He'll probably get a decent amount of touchdowns. I don't know if he'll rush for a thousand yards or anything, but you know, Gus Edwards he ran for over uh, you know five uh, five yards per carry with the Ravens and had most of the red zone touches. Yeah, so I mean. I wouldn't go out and take any Ravens wide receivers, I'll put it to you that way, but I think Lamar Jackson and those running backs, if you can get them out of value, yeah, I mean, they should be able to put up points. The Ravens are going to run the ball all year long still. Harrison, that was a great segue into our next topic, and um, to give you a little bit of insight on kind of what we're doing, we're going to go through today, we're going to do quarterbacks, running backs, kickers, and defense, and then hopefully next Tuesday I can have Harrison back on and we'll do the other three categories. But for running backs... It's one of those things to where this is a position that really depends whether it's PPR or not because of the emergence of the pass catching back in today's NFL. So, in my number one, um, I hate to be this big of a hype beast and have a knee-jerk reaction off of a rookie season, but Saquon Barkley seems to be the most valuable back, not only because he is best player on that team and he will get a majority of the touches not only because he is a pass catching back and a just a hard running back but because he takes care of his body and there were so many hits last year and dives that he made that I was like oh my god he's hurt he just gets back up keeps it moving he's a really buff guy his um, chance for injury is very small because of how good he takes care of his body Saquon Barkley is my number one running back and if I have a chance to pick him I will yeah, I mean, they're going to be stacking the box against them all day this year because, you know, the Giants are trading OBJ. I mean, you know, Saquon proved that he can do it even on a terrible Giants offense last year. I'm sure he'll be pretty good again. Uh, I I find Kamara and Zeke, uh, to me, I think they may be a little bit safer. But, I mean, Saquon's definitely, you can make the argument for him number one. He's probably the most talented of those three. Uh, the situation just sucks, but, I mean... He's so freaking good. I had him last year. He was amazing. So And we won't like, catch lightning in a bottle like they did last year. All we're hoping for is something along the same lines, the same sort of game plan called. That way we can rack up PPR points and yak and all that extra stuff. Lots of touchdowns. So I mean, They're going to run the offense through him. So, I mean, I think he's still a great pick. Yes. You know, he's a top five pick for sure. Uh, just the offense scares me a little bit. That's all. I feel you. So you said that you would have put Saquon at number two or three. Well, I mean, it's tough right now because, you know, Ezekiel Elliott with a whole contract holdout, I think mm-hmm. he'll end up getting a new contract. I was going to say, he will play week one, just, I think. Just like Barkley, you know, the Cowboys run through Ezekiel Elliott. Even with their line, like, you know, you would think it'd be more of an expendable position. You're not getting that from Alfred Morris, no. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Ezekiel Elliott, to me, just for just because he does have that line, He's almost as talented as Saquon Barkley. They're in the same spectrum, but he's in a better situation. Uh, that's the only reason why I have him slightly ahead. I mean, Barkley could easily finish ahead of him. He'll probably have more catches. He'll definitely mm-hmm. have more catches, but uh, it's tough now because now they both kind of – I don't want to say they have red flags. I mean, it is a little bit mm-hmm. of a red yeah. flag with Zeke. But, of course. Uh, you know, because those two things – uh, part of me kind of wants to take Alvin Kamara, and you know, with Mark Ingram gone, they have Latavius Murray now. He'll probably be solid for fantasy late. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, you know, if he gets you know a ten percent uptick, they just practice, signed Latavius Murray today, right? No, he's been with them for a while now. I think he got cut today. I thought he just signed somewhere else. I'm, I'm go ahead. I'm gonna look that up. Look it up. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Maybe not. Maybe it's an old post. But, I mean, I, I don't know why they would. He's been a pretty solid goal line back. I think he has good touchdown upside there. But if Alvin Kamara gets a slight uptick in his touches, I mean, he's one of those players who's like such an efficient freak in the NFL, but he's proven that he can keep doing it. 
so I he's just such a special talent. Uh, I, I think I'll probably take him number one just with everything going on right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, if you were to say put Saquon Barkley in a Saints uniform, obviously I would take him. Oh my God, he would be but, a yeah, monster. But, yeah. Um, you know, Kamara. Uh, I think you know you can make uh, you know Christian McCaffrey too, uh, but. I like um, so so my order, and then we're we're, we're going to talk about everybody. So this is good, but my order as it stands right now, top five is Saquon Barkley, number one. Number two is Alvin Kamara. Number three is Zeke Elliott, and this is only because the guys in front of him pass, catch catch more passes than him. It's a PPR league, and then number four is Christian McCaffrey, who will get a million PPR points this year. He, hell, he might finish first. And uh, number five is David Johnson, just because they're going to have to lean on him a lot. Yeah, I like David Johnson this year. I mean, uh, last year he was coming off the injury. It was just a terrible situation. Josh Rosen didn't look ready for the NFL whatsoever. Uh, the Cardinals, they bring in an offensive mind. Uh, Kingsbury's still going to have to prove it, but, uh, you know, at least of an offensive-oriented mm-hmm. team. Kyler Murray's an electric playmaker. Uh, they added, you know, a couple of young guys. they still got fits there. Uh, to be kind of a blanket for Murray. Yep. And, you know, they're definitely going to run through David Johnson. Um, mm. The line uh, is still not the best line in the NFL, that's for sure. On, on paper, it's really not that bad, but it, they kind of fell into the same trap that the Falcons and the Vikings fell into. They, they, they got absolutely injuries early and awful play from their offensive line. Yeah, but, I mean, another year being healthy for David Johnson, uh, it's actually been proven that, you know, if you have a mobile quarterback in fantasy football, it actually is – better for a running back's value. Roll because, out and dump. Well, that and also, you know, they it keeps them honest. You know, they it keeps the defense honest, yeah. run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Having a bite on play it's a slight. It's a very slight uptick, but I've seen it before. Uh, so I think that can help David Johnson. And, uh, you know, I think he can be pretty solid. I, I think he'll definitely be better than last year. Me too. So we like Alvin Kamara because they got rid of Mark Ingram. They added another running back who – in my opinion, is a little bit better than Mark Ingram as it stands right now today. But I think Alvin Kamara will will have an uptick in touches. Me and you agree on that. I think he, his upside is tremendous for that. I think Drew Brees is going to have to rely on him because uh, Drew Brees doesn't have a super high yards per attempt, and that's kind of the way that the Saints offense runs, not dink and dunk. That's not giving respect to Drew Brees, but I mean, that's kind of the way they do things. Uh, Zeke Elliott, given he's not suspended, is my third running back. Um, I had him last year. He won me a regular season. I love the points. Give him to me. Christian McCaffrey is a guy that myself and um, Harrison were talking about early in the episode and even off the air that he's going to be a great, great, great PPR running back because Cam Newton coming off the shoulder, sur- shoulder surgery will have to look for him. And even even last year, like whenever he was quote unquote healthy, which he wasn't, but even in a perfect scenario, he still targets McCaffrey a lot. David Johnson's going to be good. I'm not quite sure his his ceiling isn't as high as maybe some, but I like whenever you hand him the ball 20 times a game, I like what he can give you. On the bubble for run, running backs, um, a guy that I may fade that you may disagree and you may have something to tell me why is uh, Le'Veon Bell for the Jets. I don't like the change of scenery. No, I don't like it either. And while I think Le'Veon is a very talented running back, the Jets is not a good situation for him. You want to nope. be in a high-scoring offense. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I I think that Pittsburgh is really good at churning out productive running backs. I don't want to say that Le'Veon Bell uh, is a was, product yeah, of the Steelers yeah. system. I don't think so either. It was definitely it definitely benefited him to yep. be there. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if his patient running style will be able to work in an offense that isn't very good. Uh, not to mention he just sat out a whole year, so 
Uh, Le'Veon Bell, to me, he's maybe a uh, you know mid to late second round pick, early third round pick. But I mean, I don't know if I'll be taking. Them. I was about to say, I uh, maybe maybe for other guys, but not me. And I kind of feel the same way about Derrick Henry. Uh, he's another guy who, to me, uh, it's kind of a similar situation. To me, it's just a bad offense. Yeah. Uh, the, but the thing that sets him apart, what makes Henry less intriguing to me than Bell, uh, is and remember here, I am an Alabama guy. Yeah, yeah. One, the Titans' offense is just so bad. Mm-hmm. Two, he only had a hand. Like, yeah, he was absolutely incredible in those games he had last the year. Four games in a row, but that but was the majority of his long runs. It was a small sample size. And the reason that it scares me is if you do play PPR, in standard, you know, fine. Like, give Derrick Henry a good look. But in PPR, you know, he's barely going to catch any I, I, balls. I was about to say, I, I, I had him, I think, during the first two or three games of that stretch last year. And even in his, in his really good games, I think he had one or two pass catches over the whole three games. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing he has going for him is I think they do realize that he needs to be their guy. Who was the Titans' second, second string running back, well, you know? Deion Lewis. Uh, and he was okay. eating into his touches last year. He was, so yeah. I think they'll lean more towards Henry, which will be good for his value. Mm-hmm. But I think because fantasy football, people have such short memories. Uh, someone's going to draft Derrick Henry a lot higher than he should And, and they get burned by him. Uh, yeah, and it's happened to us before. So uh, I like Derrick Henry, but I just think that he's a guy who uh, will probably be taken a little bit too early. Yeah. Um, tell me about my man, Devontae Freeman. I am... Not necessarily hopeful for him because Devontae Freeman is not my favorite player in the world. I am glad that we are getting back a legitimate running back this year instead of a hybrid receiver running back like Tevin Coleman was. Myself and Jeremy Kuhn had really, really, really good faith in Tevin Coleman, but it didn't work out. So I'm glad to get a legitimate running back this year. I don't know with Dirk Cutter being back how he's going to integrate into it. So what do you think? I'm so torn on Devontae Freeman because one – uh, now you have the injury history. Two, last season it was the tiniest sample size of all sample sizes, but to me it just didn't look like he had the same burst. No, I, don't. Now, I don't know if that was related to the injury or not, or whether uh, you know he's just age. Three, you know, Dirk Cutter, he's more of a uh, passing-oriented you know, offensive coordinator. I think they're going to be gunslinging it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think the Atlanta offense is going to be one of the most high-scoring offenses next year. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely going to be the guy because all they have behind him is like Edo Smith. Edo Smith and Brian Hill. He's just a guy. Just you know, a both guy. of them are just a guy. Nobody is going to threaten him for that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's hard. I mean, I think you know uh, if you can get Devontae Freeman in the third round, uh, you know, yeah, maybe roll the dice. I would take that. that. Yeah, I would take and, that. Anywhere before that, I think second round that scares me a it, little it, bit. I you might you may still do it depending on what your situation is, but yes, it scares you. Yeah, so Devontae Freeman is one of the guys who uh, I'm just going to be torn on and like going into the draft. I'm just going to have to kind of trust my gut. He's a guy mm-hmm. that I'm not going to stay away from that I would definitely put on my fantasy team. I agree. I just don't know how high to value him because. Uh, you know, it's just weighing pros and cons. I just don't – I don't know where I'm out there because both of them to me are kind of significant. Yeah. So I 100% agree with you. That's probably the truest thing that I've heard you say all day. Harrison, we have time to do one more group of positions. Um, I don't want it to be a skill position, so we have some meat for next episode. Kickers or defense special teams? Oh, God. I guess we'll do uh, kickers. Kickers? <laughs> Hell, Yeah. So, to me, last year was such a weird year for kickers. Um, Greg the Leg started off really hot and then kind of disappointed you late in the season. Um, 
a few guys have new teams. I have a few sleepers that maybe you may not have even had on your radar. But as of right now, this is kind of a shot in the dark because kickers, you don't know how the whole offense is going to look. The number one kicker on my board right now is Greg Zerline. Greg the Leg. Yeah, I mean, I like Greg the Leg. He's not my number one, but he's a freaking beast. And if you can get him on your team, that's great. By the way, Who guys, is your number one? I Well, I will say, you know, a lot of people say uh, Tucker. Okay. I will say Imagine a lot that. of people are like, oh, like, you, you went and – you know, got a kicker, like, you didn't wait till the last round, you're an idiot. Like, I will say, if you have a lot of guys late, like, you've really done your research, you have guys that are, like, basically supposed to go undrafted that you think could be an asset to your fantasy team, and, like, go t- take a kicker a few rounds early and get, like, a good, like, Justin Tucker, get a good one. But you have, you have you're to get... You're starting them every week. You I have think. to get the top three or four guys, though. They're, once you drop off from that, the drop-off is, is big, so you have to yeah. get that elite gang of kickers. I, I get that with defense. I can wait till the last round of defense. Yeah, if you want to yeah. go get a good one, that's fine. Don't be the guy who takes, like, the Jaguars defense <laughs> in the 90s. But, like, yeah. if you want to go, like, get a good kicker, like... Go ahead and secure a good safe one if you want a few rounds earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe the 11th, 12th round or whatever. But for me, with defense, I still think, you know, uh, just to tease it a little bit, I know we're not going to get into them. But, uh, you know, just find a good week one matchup in a defense that, you know, maybe has a few weeks of good matchups or looks like they can be a strong unit, has a good matchup week mm-hmm. one. Uh, but for kickers, like, if I. If I can get Justin Tucker, like I'm gonna go get him because you're starting him every week. I want a kicker who I know is gonna give me a good shot of getting at least mm-hmm. like eight points every week. Yeah. It adds up, man. It does. It does. An extra eight ten points would have won me, I think, three or four additional games last year. Yeah. So, um, me and you, I don't guess we really disagree on Justin Tucker because there's it's not a lot of space between four and one. Justin Tucker is number four on my board. I have two guys in front of him after Greg Zerline, Harrison Butker from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think that what I value Harrison Bucker for is that he doesn't have a lot of power, but he's really accurate. And kind of the same thing. I mean, Justin Tucker has power and he's accurate. But, I mean, Bucker is the great value version of that. Yeah, but the offense, good. The, the, the offense that carries Bucker will put him in position for more field goals and more extra points than Tucker's will. Yeah, and that's really the only – that's the reason why you're looking at uh, – you know, a Bucker or a Will Lutz or a Georgia Tavecchia. Will, Will Lutz is a perfect example. Not a great kicker at all, average kicker in the league. But his offense puts him in so many positions, he would just score a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, the more points that an offense scores at the end of the day, that's going to be the, the most opportunities for kickers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a few guys that are out there that are just so good, like a Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I highly doubt the Ravens will be – you know, a top five offense next year, maybe probably not even top ten. But, but even Justin then, they Tucker, move. They'll move the ball enough to get him to to, to the thirty five, to the thirty, yeah. to get those four point field goals. You but know, Justin Tucker is also, you know, probably the most. If I had to guess, probably the most accurate yeah. kicker of all time from fifty yards or more. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. You know, those fifty yard kicks they add up. But uh, you Will know, you Lutz, look at Will Lutz, Lutz, Will Lutz d- doesn't convert those, but Tucker does. Yeah, I mean, Will Lutz, he's great. And this isn't a shot. For, yeah, no, this isn't a shot. He's but. just in a great situation. I've yeah. had Lutz in some leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy who is always in a good offense and just seems to, like, bite me every time I pick him up is Mason Crosby. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think the Packers, their offense will probably be better this year. Uh, you know, they finally get rid of Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they get, like, Geronimo Allison back. I think... 
Uh, now that McCarthy's gone, he's not going to be an idiot and use Jamal Williams every play. Yep. Uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to put together a pretty good year. I don't know about their defense, but uh, nevertheless, Mason Crosby, not a guy I trust. Me neither. And that's the kind of reason I had to put him at five. He is the guy with the most talent that I trust his team the least. You see what I'm saying? I um, w- One of my guys on the bubble... Oh, and uh, me and Harry, we, we didn't really go in order. So number one is Greg Zerline, two, Harrison Butker, three, Will Lutz, four, Justin Tucker, and five, Mason Crosby. My first guy on the bubble is uh, a guy from Dallas, Brett Meyer. Came on the scene last year. Was He was he, he was signed to the Cowboys all year, but didn't start kicking for him until four, five, six game. And he's a guy who, who, who really looked good, was accurate, um, had an, enough power to push those 52-yarders to give him a chance. I like Brett Matmar, the offense for the Cowboys this year. They, they're they kind of in the same situation that maybe Baltimore's in, but maybe they convert a few more times, maybe not. They can move the ball enough to get a field goal attempt, but not much more than that. So I like the, the what do you call it, the ceiling of opportunity for Brett Maher. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a guy who, uh, to me, it's like if all, if all the kickers are starting to go off the board, maybe you're the ninth person taking a kicker. Uh, that's a guy I'd look at, but, you know, obviously not in the same realm as, no. uh, as Ward, no. Zwirling, uh, Tucker, Lutz. Butker, Butker. no, no. Um, the top four, our top four right here, are probably the clear-cut top four. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll i be honest, I haven't looked at many uh, Kicker. kickers' lists, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, uh, any of those top four guys are probably the four guys I'd be happy with at the end of the day. My second guy on the bubble, um, another guy, and these kickers are more sleepers than you know guys on the bubble. They may not be six, seven, and eight, but they they're sleepers maybe at eleven, fifteen, and nineteen. Um, Michael Bagley for the Chargers, same situation as Meyer, kind of came on the scene a little bit later in the year and really looked good for them. I was rooting for Young Hoku, Young Wauku. It's not pronounced Young Hoku, but that's how I'm going to say it. I was really excited for him and in a Chargers uniform, but he didn't work out. Um, the Chargers are the number one offense in the league, in my opinion, of moving the ball far enough to get a field goal but cannot convert touchdowns. So I like those three four-point field goals for him, and those things will add up. Three or four of those a game, perfect. Yeah, he he had some big games last year, and I do like the Chargers offense. Uh, I think you know Mike Williams takes that next step. They get mm. Hunter Henry back. Oh, Hunter Henry's we'll, huge to get back. We'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon, but I think – uh, you know, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson is a pretty good two-headed monster. And you know so, what you're getting from Keenan Allen, too. Yeah, you obviously have Keenan Allen, Phil Rivers. You know what they're getting from those guys. So, you know, I think the Chargers, they could be uh, – A good scoring team. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll definitely be top ten with the potential for top five. Um, and we just talked about my man, Giorgio Tavecchio. The Falcons have not re-signed Matt Bryant, which is a really, really, really tough – Tough pill to swallow for a lot of people in the city. For me, it wasn't. He was getting too old. I would rather cut him this year than let him embarrass us next year and then we have to cut him during the season. You know, like, he he, he, he tore a ligament, like, in his leg, kicking a 50-yard 50, 50 field goal last year. The time was up. He's still not signed by a team. I think he went and worked out for the Bucks, um, but I don't think he'll be signed. I like Tavecchio a lot. He is a really good kicker. In the same conversation as um, the Harrison Butker, Will Lutz, not supremely powerful. Can put enough leg for a 52-yarder, but is more of an accurate 45-yard guy. But I th- with what me and you said with Dirk Cutter coming back, the Atlanta offense, we think because 
from with the eye test, you're like, oh, I mean, the offense didn't look that bad last year. I mean, at least in my opinion. But on paper and converting scoring chances, the team will improve, and I like that from a Giorgio Tavecchio standpoint. Yeah, I don't even think he's all that talented. I just think the situation he's in, he's going to be. I think the Falcons will probably be with their revamped offensive line, probably be a top five offense, and he's going to reap the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in turn, he should be a top ten kicker. I'm sure he'll have a lot of WTF misses. Uh, you know, he's definitely not a Justin Tucker in no, terms he's not. of talent. No, he's not. It's a solid enough situation where, you know, same situation as Bagley. It's like, you know, if you need to take, you know, you're one of the last guys to take a kicker, and uh, he's sitting there. It's a guy with a little bit more upside than just your normal guy. Yes, yes. That's a great way to put it. And I will use... Um, my last sleeper opportunity to talk about a guy from Tulane, which I will do every time I can. Um, Cario Santos um, signed on with the Bucks, I believe, was with the Chiefs. Actually did pretty good for the Chiefs, in my opinion, but um, he's been cut, went to a few separate teams, had done tryouts. I think he found a home in the Bucks. I'm currently looking that up right now. But I think he is a guy who, in that same conversation, he I think Cario Santos is, is, is elite talent. But his head is absolutely awful. He missed a lot of those WTF kicks. Um, Cario Santos at Tulane won the number one kicker in the nation award as a junior. So I've always liked him. Always liked his game. Wish he would have stayed in um, Kansas City. But I will be rooting for him this year. And if I need to stream kicker, he is not number one on my list. But comparatively, if it's him and all regular dudes, I'm picking him. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, maybe if there's like seven like Blizzard games or something, I'll th- I'll think about streaming them. Maybe if if, <laughs> if 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 the NFL kicker combine the plane burns down and he was the only one not on it, we'll pick him up. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, that was our first three humongous categories. Um, quarterbacks took a long time because you you got to dissect quarterbacks. It's, it's, it's your biggest earner, and running backs too. It's, it's your most important position. Um, if I can get Harrison on next Tuesday or Wednesday after he gets off work, I can Skype him, make it easy for him, or I can just have him come here. We will finish up the rest of the positions, the pass catchers pretty much in the defense. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this today. We actually didn't get off topic at all, and this was a really good episode, I think. Um, next week sometime, we will get through the rest of this list, and uh, we will kind of get some guys to stay away from and kind of some more general strategy. But we're already at an hour now, so let's go ahead and cut it off and call it a day. We had a good day, huh? Thanks for listening, guys. No worries. Um, Cohen Hughes, you can find me on Instagram, Cohen underscore Hughes, or search Facebook. Um, we actually started a new Facebook page, like a group for the Daily Degenerate. It's not like a Facebook page that you like. that hit hit us about joining that i'll be hitting hitting up more people about football here soon fantasy football and uh, be expecting the second part to this long ass episode in the middle of next week guys yeah and uh you know i'm a member of that group too now and uh yeah if if y'all want you know we're we're gonna cover wide receivers tight ends and uh defenses next time so uh go ahead and just like go on the page and leave some sleepers and we'll talk about them we'll... I, I i've already prompted a post on there give me your sleepers favorite format who, who are you looking for who do you don't like i've already kind of prompted a question in there i'll make it the pinned post to kind of keep it up there for a few days and then kind of leave us your comment and in the next episode that we have a more open format we're going to 
take community suggestions and kind of grade them. Me and Harrison will be like, okay, um, Gustavo wants to do this, this, and this. What do we think? Uh, B minus, A plus, don't like him. You know, like we'll kind of go through and rack him up and knock him down. So, Harrison, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy Sunday. Harrison is moving, so he took an hour out of his time to come talk to us, and we love him for it. Um, he'll plug himself one more time, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Yeah, go check me out. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to follow my personal Twitter, it's just at Harrison Coburn, spelled like Harrison Ford and James Coburn. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend going and checking out uh, at Sports Talk ATL. Uh, if you're an Atlanta sports fan, definitely do it. Our Instagram is basically a sports center for Atlanta sports. And I like that. Even if you're not an Atlanta sports fan, a lot of people in the sports community seems to love the Baby Braves. We're the hottest team going right now. So if you want to see Ronald Acuna's walk-off hit last night, they have three fucking separate highlights of it. You know, like, it's a cool page. Yeah, we're like one of the 40 people that Ronald follows, so... He knows what's up. Uh, yeah, definitely go check us out. Uh, Twitter, uh, website, that's where we put all the articles. We've got some cool gear on there. Uh, and then if you, you know, we, I'm also on the podcast. We do one every single week. Me, Chase, and Jake uh, starting to really grow. Uh, we'd love for you guys to go check that out, subscribe. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys, and I'll be at you again soon. All right, guys, this was episode 100, part one. Part two will be coming out in the middle of next week. Genuinely, thank you for listening. Give us your feedback. Do whatever. Hit me up. We love you. Goodbye. Oh, man. What do you think?